0: Alright, so this morning, I want to talk to you about the title of my message is No Greater Love. No Greater Love. Did Jesus have for us than to lay down his life for us? This book is not just an assortment of stories, but it's actually, uh, it's actually an assortment of love letters. He was writing love letters to a bride... And these letters were created so that we would be awakened in love, so that we would know who he really is and what his affections are for us, so that we could be prepared for his return. You know, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming, he said, when he first approached, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then later, when his disciples, when John the Baptist's disciples came to him, they said, hey, you know that guy, that lamb? He's, he's now baptizing people. You know, this was our ministry. We were the ones that were supposed to be baptizing people. And John the Baptist replied and he said that this was the bridegroom. And he said that the bride didn't belong to him. but he was merely like the best man, right? And so his job was to lead others to the bridegroom. And he said, I've heard the voice of my bridegroom, so therefore, my joy is full. And in the book of Revelation, it says that that the wedding is going to be the wedding of the lamb. And that the lamb is going to marry his bride. So he's saying that there is a lamb that is coming to marry you, that, that it is his bridegroom that laid down his life for his bride. And this morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted to introduce to you some of the traditions that were in the land when Jesus was here 2,000 years ago. Because what it's going to do, I hope, my objective and my my goal this morning is it's going to really awaken the truth of what Jesus was trying to say in that hour. Because since we don't know the traditions In the Galilean days, we don't really know the fullness of the love that he had for us. But if we understand the traditions that he was actually speaking to, then it's actually going to cause, I'm hoping, something in us to change. Now, I don't want to just give you a a message this morning. My, My goal is to awaken something in your heart so that it changes your behavior. Because if we think that we're going to continue to just go through the motions of church and come alive, it's not going to happen. He's not coming back for a lazy bride. He's not coming back for a fat bride. He's coming back for a bride that is fully alive, fully radiant, fully in love, and fully reflecting his glory on the earth. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you about what the weddings were like back in that day. Because most of what Jesus talked about referred to all of the traditions around the bride and the bridegroom. The word says that heaven must retain him. In Acts 3.21, heaven must retain him until all the earth has been subdued. By who? Us. So there is a dominion. There's, a, there's a, an activity that we're supposed to be doing But we can't do it outside of our identity as the bride. Have you ever tried to subdue something? Have you ever tried to subdue the earth if you're not the bride? Have you ever tried to take dominion? You know, outside of that? Well, I have. You know, when I first got saved... You know, I didn't have a life in God. I didn't know who I was in God. I didn't know authority in God. And I went out and tried to do a bunch of stuff and take dominion over principalities. And yeah, I don't recommend that ever. That was a painful experience. They said, Jesus, we know, and Peter, we know, but who are you? But there's coming a time when the bride will have made herself ready. Ready? And then Jesus will say to to his father, "Can Can I go? Can I go get her? She's shining so brightly. She's radiant and beautiful. Is she ready, Dad? See, Revelation said that the spirit and the bride will say, Come. It doesn't say the bride will say, Come. That there has to be a coming together There's a wedding that is planned for the end of the age when Jesus comes back to marry us and we will meet him in the sky and there will be a great feast prepared for us. But don't you know that there's a wedding that is taking place with us in the spirit now? Because as we come together and the bride is united as one with the Spirit, it's John 17. As you are united with the Spirit, there is a there is a beckoning that's crying out for the bridegroom to come to you. Don't you know, have you ever, you know, you know brides, those of us who, who were uh, brides and we were engaged, there was a yearning and a longing for the wedding day. There was that thing in us that caused us to come alive in love, right? And we were longing for that day. And so there was something in us that was, that was crying out, come, come. I want my bridegroom to come. I want that day to be hastened so that I can be united with him. And so that's really a cry of our hearts. And those of us who are hungry, we actually are crying for the unity of the faith, the very first thing that happened, the very first miracle that happened was where? It was at the wedding. Jesus wanted to display to us that the wedding was going to be crucial in the message of the kingdom. So, the even though mom... Had to kind of pull the old mom card. Hey, son. (laughs) Okay, how many of us feel like Jewish mothers with our kids? Not going to guilt you into it or anything, but I'm just saying you better go over there and make those six barrels into wine right now. (laughs) Come on, Mary. Woo! Yeah, but she was saying that this wedding, this place of bridal love will actually cause this water to be filled up and it was going to transfer and it's going to be transformed into a wine, into the blood of Christ. All right, so let's pull up the first picture. So I want to talk to you about the engagement. Process the engagement process two thousand years ago. Jesus uses pictures from these weddings, and he's depicting his love for his bride. Now, the now all of these traditions that influenced Jesus—they knew that there was something more that was happening here as he spoke, and in, 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 in the the language of the parables. So, when it was time for a man and a woman to be engaged. Now he has he has he has spotted the woman that he wants for his own. And typically it wouldn't be in his same village because the villages were pretty small. So he would travel to other villages, he would meet other women. And so what would happen is that when it was time for a man and a woman to marry, both of the fathers would get together and they would negotiate the price for the bride. Because for a for a for a uh, a bride to leave a family, it came at a great cost and a great price to that family. And I've always said this because I have I have four daughters and three sons, and 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 marrying my daughters was just heartbreaking. There's something about having a daughter; she's like a she's like a jewel in the crown of her family. You know she brings so much um, um, nurturing and loving and laughter and 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 there 's almost like a dance with with the the women that we raise up with our daughters that we raise up. She helps in the kitchen she helps with the cleaning she 's really another mother in a house. And so it came at a great price to, to my family and to the families in that day. So, so the, the, the bridegroom's family actually had to negotiate this price. So she was bought. So what they would do then, once a price was agreed upon, is they would take a cup of wine And the groom drank from it and offered it to the woman, symbolically saying that he wanted to make a covenant with her and he would be willing to give his life for her. The woman sealed the engagement by drinking from the same cup. And from that moment on, she was referred to as one that was bought with a price. The groom then returned to his father's house in order to build new rooms, adding on to what they call the family insula. Meanwhile, the bride prepared herself and her bridesmaids for the time of the groom's return. Now, she didn't know when he was going to be returning. So there was no date, it's not like, okay, we, got, we have the room, we're going to get married on May uh, 18th, we've reserved it, we put a deposit down. There was none of that. She, it was a mystery to when the groom was going to be returning to get her. So we, she immediately began the preparation process. She didn't wait. She didn't wait a week, she didn't wait two weeks, but she immediately began the preparation process. When the groom finally finished his building, he gained his father's approval. He would travel to the bride's village and blow the shofar. The bride would hear and know that her wedding day had arrived. The best man stood at the door while the bride and the groom consummated this marriage. When he heard the groom come to the door, he announced that the couple was married and the seven day reception could then ensue. <laughs> come on, now that's a party. Yeah. Now, this is where Jesus was when he was in Cana, he was having a, a seven day celebration. He was celebrating love and he was celebrating the union between the bride and the bridegroom. So Jesus, the bridegroom, compares himself to this. He says, I am the bridegroom and I paid a price for the bride when he went to his father's house to prepare a place for her. And in order to communicate his deep love, Jesus described his love in terms of a family community. He compared himself to a bridegroom that paid the price and then went to his father's house. So he made the comparison especially clear during the Last Supper. Let's uh, see the next slide. He said this at the Last Supper, taking the cup of wine in his hands, he told his disciple, this is the cup of my new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, no doubt the disciples at the time, they understood the symbolism and the imagery that he was portraying. They understood that what he was doing is he was talking about a wedding. He was saying, this is the cup, the covenant of my blood that is now being shed for you and you will do this forever in remembrance of me in remembrance of the price that I paid because of my extravagant love for you that you you have now you will be known in the land as one who has been bought with a price and the groom said the pending groom said I will lay down my life for you I will lay down my life to have you as my own By using this imagery, Jesus was saying in effect, I love you as my bride. And his disciples understood this. They're undone at the thought of this. And it was even at that moment where he was, he was displaying a violent kind of love to them that Judas gets up and leaves to betray him. This love is so incredibly violent that it will shift and change entire generations. Or it will cause people to want to kill you. Jesus said, I'll give up my life for you. And I'll go to my father's house to prepare a place for you. Because one day I will return and I will take you to be with me forever. Paul said this in Corinthians, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. He was reminding the believers that they were brides-to-be and that one day they would be taken home. So I want to talk about the insula. Now the insula is what they called the homes. Next slide. They called the homes, which were clusters of buildings, um, and, and uh, <laughs> the Jewish people did this, but so did the Italians everybody lived together right in American culture we don't do this but actually when you see when you see immigrants come to America they did this and, and because it was part of the European culture where you've got mom and dad living together grandma and grandpa aunts and uncles and so that's the way it was and there was a there was a uh, courtyard that connected all of these homes all of these clusters of buildings and so every time that a that a, a, a son got Married, what he did is he went to build on his house onto the cluster of buildings, so that they could all live together. Can you talk about communion? Hallelujah. <laughs> that 's when your grandmother is all up in your business. <laughs> Woo! I still think it should be that way today, but my kids have not agreed with me. <laughs> Come on, live next door. <laughs> I told my husband, I said, you know, Ashley and Jeremy are, you know, I mean, they are just reproducing like rabbits, and um, maybe we should, you know, we're looking for a house, we should probably look in their neighborhood. And John said to me, honey, now, you and Jeremy work together. I think it would be a terrible scenario to have his mother-in-law also move into his neighborhood. (laughs) 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 That poor boy. Anyway. So his son's married, they added on to the insula. After asking a girl to marry him, the son would return to his village and build new rooms onto his father's home. The son, anxious to be married, was all about gathering the stones. Go ahead and show the next slide. Gathering the stones and all of the material that he needed. And he had to wait for the day when his father said that the house was ready. Yeah. Wow. Come on, is right. Jesus presented a beautiful picture of heaven when he said, In my Father's house, there are many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. This is a word picture that Jesus presented as a bridegroom who has now gone to begin to build your house. And beloved, I'm telling you, this isn't, a, this isn't just the house that he's prepared for you for the end of the age when you meet him in the sky. But he said that I am, I am working, I am about my father's business and I am working even though I am not here in the physical. I am working in the spirit and I am preparing you as a house to dwell, Right? And I'm telling you, there is a day that's going to come where you know, bam, it's taken place. I am now one with him. So continue to labor in that place of grace and in that place of prayer because he is building your house. He spoke these same words to David, to the prophet Nathan, when David said, I want to build a house for God. How many of you want to go out and do something for God? Raise your hand. Right? And God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to build your house and I am preparing a place for you and I to dwell together. When Jesus described his second coming, he again used the picture of a young bridegroom waiting for his father's approval to return for his bride. He said this, No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels. Only my father knows. So he continued uh, throughout the epistles, the, the insula, the images of the insula were used when Paul writes in Galatians, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And in Ephesians he said, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And in Hebrews, the writer says this, but Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. And in 1 Peter, he says this, you are lively stones all built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God. He's saying that we are all connected together in this insula. And there is a common courtyard. There is a common bond that connects us. And it is the spirit of Christ. And we all are built together now as one household of God. And he's building each one of us separately. But we are called to live together in unity. In the faith. Amen? All right, so celebrating the wedding. So the Jewish wedding day came. Woo woo! Having many guests and 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 seven and six barrels full of wine. Sha, sha baba. Everything needed to be prepared and gotten ready. Everyone was invited. All relatives, all friends, and all the friends of friends. Now this was a celebration that was for the entire village. So they invited everyone. In fact, in the, in, in the wedding of Cana, it said that, that Mary was invited and, oh, P.S., Jesus and his disciples were invited too. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we want your mom to come. Oh, yeah, Jesus. And all those, you know, that clan that follow you around everywhere, you can bring them too because you're here and you're breathing, so you get to come. <laughs> It was considered a great insult to refuse a wedding invitation. So we see the word picture in Matthew 22 where he told the parable of the king who invited them, invited everyone, come, come all of you to the feast for his son. And when he sent for the guests, they were unwilling to come. Because they really didn't understand that they were the brides invited to the feast. They were like, no, 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 I'm wait, I'm too busy. I'm too busy for that narrow place. I'm too busy. I can't, you know, I just bought this property and I got to decorate my house. Nothing wrong with decorating the house, ladies. But he was saying, no, no, no. You have to come. And he repeats this over and over and over. And he's talking about the bride that makes herself ready. And she's watching. She's always watching for her bridegroom. Saying, I know. I know he's coming. I'm looking. Where's the feast? Where's the feast? Because the more you look for him, the hungrier you get. And the hungrier you get, the more you look for him the awakened condition of the bride of Christ. So here are the guidelines for the bride. So Jesus didn't leave us without telling us, okay, here's what a bride does. Because he says, listen, I'm going to show you how how I'm going to prepare you, right? How I'm going to build your house. And he said it in the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, listen, I'm going to tell you about all of the Beatitudes. I want you to be, you're going to be blessed when you're this way. You're going to be blessed when you're this way. You're going to be blessed because what does he want for his bride? He wants her to have a certain attitude that actually beckons the working hand of the Holy Spirit. It draws the Holy Spirit, all of the conditions and the Beatitudes. And I'm not going to preach on that today. I'm not going to preach on the Sermon on Mount, but it's in Matthew 5. And you can look it up yourself. And it's like when you posture yourself in this way, with meekness. Meekness is completely opposite of what the world would tell you to be. But yet it is the very magnet for the Holy Spirit. So he knew how to prepare us. And he said in the face of violence and hate, in that last hour, Jesus wants his brides to demonstrate mercy, meekness, and compassion. And by living out the challenges of the Sermon Mount, The brides would demonstrate the greatest love of all, which the love of service, that we would serve the nations, that we would help the nations, that we would lay down our lives. That we wouldn't consider ourselves, but we would become the very demonstration on the earth of, of, the, of the son of God. And, 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 and he would begin to gaze at us going, Dad, they are looking really beautiful they're beginning to be in harmony with me they're beginning to be in harmony with one another and there's a unity that's happening in the spirit and there's a unity that's happening with one another and they're following me they're following me like a like 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 birds that are flying they all are following the spirit and they're in unity they're loving one another and they're loving you See, what is returning to the church is receiving the love of the bridegroom. This prayer movement is not an exercise in discipline, but our hearing the voice of our bridegroom so that there can be there, there's coming this fullness, this fullness of joy. Where we're like, it doesn't matter that I don't have any money in my checking account. I have the fullness of joy. It doesn't matter what's happening around me relationally, I still have the fullness of joy. It doesn't matter what's happening in the economy because my my kingdom is not of this world. The bride knows where she lives. Joel 2 speaks of the day of the Lord that is coming upon us quickly. He says this, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Why? Because we're going to be led by the children into this, into this revival. And he said this, let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Because he said, it is time. It is time for us to finally consummate the marriage of the Lamb. I will love you so well. Cat, come on back up. Jesus is saying this, I will love you so well. And I am so confident in my love that I will arrest your heart. I am confident that nothing in your life and no situation that you find yourself in can keep you from this love. And I'm drawing you to myself. And it's as easy for him to draw you to himself as it was with those six cisterns of water. That he went and he looked at them and he's like, alright, fill up this, these wells with water. And that's what's happening right now, beloved. The wells are getting filled with water. He said, take, I want my servants to come and I want you to fill one another up. Fill one another up, love one another as I have loved you. And now watch me turn that water to wine. And you are going to become like the brightness of the morning star. And you're gonna walk in my perfect authority. As I said earlier, the bride's not complacent She's not lukewarm. She was so excited. Go ahead and turn the turn the page. She couldn't wait to pick out her dress and her veil and her shoes. She began to put on all of the spices and the oils because she knew that her bridegroom was a good builder. And she knew that he would work quickly on her behalf. his love to me over and over and over and I began to trust what I saw the fruit of what I saw this man he's crazy in love with me he's laying down his life he's like laser beam on on having me and I was so undone by that that i just began to surrender to him and think can it really can this love really be this good and it, and the result of that is i started to come alive on the inside and like that bride in that picture i began to shine from the inside out and i couldn't wait for my wedding day wait to marry this man show the next slide see he's coming he's coming and he's going to blow over us